every time you or I, Craig, make any noise at all, whether it's talking or the bell or anything, it's causing Jim to cut out. And we can't hear anything he's saying when we are making any noise. So Actually, that's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> that's why I said it's the feature of the week. <laughs> this has been the Skype feature of... Wait a minute. Of the week! Episode 290. <laughs> well, you know. 300 is looming, my the num- friend. The number followed by a zero, all the tens, they sound like the teens versions of them. 19 sounds like 90, 18, like sure, 80. Sure, You say so. I don't trust my enunciation. Especially when there's loud rock music playing in the background. Especially when it comes to saying... rock music? Yes, when it comes to saying saying something like Google Glass. Google Glass or edited it. I'm Mike. I'm Craig. Here we are. How's it going? Oh, it's fine. Just fine? Yeah, I had a... You know, went to work over the week. Took care of a few things around the house. Published a game. You, you know, know, the usual. Like I do. Like you do. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Capers is out in the world. Um, let's talk to our guest here, because he might have something to say about that. In the year of our Lord, 1506. Hello, Jim. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Happy morning. Good Lord. Morning. It's morning. Good morning to you. <laughs> Having a good morning there, are you, Jim? It, it is. It you're, is. You're As just... I was sharing off air, some friends came by yesterday <laughs> to celebrate the anniversary of my natal day. And because they love me, they brought whiskey. So this is good. This is good. We're good. We're here. So you've got your awesome. you got your legs back under you. Your stomach's I okay. I have had uh, had some hair of the dog, not whiskey, just some of the bad food that we also ate. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and uh, we're getting ready to go. No, I uh, I, I will. I was thinking of Craig. I was actually thinking of Craig a lot this week, and I'll tell you why. I, uh, I'm a Kickstarter backer for a game called Siege of the Citadel, and it's an old game designed by one of my favorite designers, Richard Borg. It's, uh, the idea is humanity goes out into space, makes its way all the way to Pluto, finds on Pluto, a, which is a planet, um, finds on Pluto a, yes, it is. Uh, a plaque that says, basically, do not open. <laughs> And of course, we're humanity, so we do. And all these horrible demonic monsters come out, and it's the, and each of the planets of the, our solar system is uh, settled by a different corporate entity. So Germany gets Venus. No, uh, Japan gets Venus. Germany gets something, and each one of us gets something. And so we have these these corporate wars, but now we have to fight this demonic entity. And it was a wonderful, simple, silly game, and I backed it. And like so many other Kickstarters, it metastasized and i think they raised two and a half million dollars for it because it's got a whole jillion miniatures and all this other stuff and i was watching craig 
go through Whoa, what he wait, was oh, doing. Oh, okay. Just like what, what he was doing virtually watching me. I was like, <laughs> uh, I know what I said. Yeah, go, um, you go ahead. And, you go ahead and keep thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> if that helps you sleep at night, uh, no, <laughs> on your bed with the blue sheets up against Whoa. up against the west wall with that very cute little corgi stuffy. <laughs> I have three corgis. <laughs> what corgis, are their names? Corgis are Larry Moe and Curly. Okay. Corgis are best in in groups, in little yes. little packs. Anyway, go ahead, Jim. And and I was watching Craig go through the 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 routine of getting capers out the door, and you know, obviously it it it, it seeing the amount of effort Craig had to put in to get a a modest although certainly challenging amount of material out the door made me just like, oh my god. What are these people who have, I think it's something like, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's 250 miniatures in their game, mm-hmm. each one of which has to be modeled, hundreds of boards, thousands of pages of rules, texts, boxes, cards, all, tokens, all car- chits, yes, all the yes, crap, yeah. All being shipped from China. And then they're about a year and a half late at this point. Oh. Their original Kickstarter. And so they've come out and said, and I understand why they wanted to do it because everybody in the world, I think Kickstarter backers are the dumbest people on the planet. <laughs> wow. Because I'm one of them, okay? I'm in on so many. I, I am. But Jim my fellow Kickstarter backers, I do. We are so stupid. Look, guys, you're backing something that isn't available yet. It's not real. <laughs> Right, it's, it's just an idea. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes, sometimes it's it's partially real. Oh, right. And and it look, different companies. I, I do games. I kickstart games. My wife does a lot of art things in Kickstarter. And I know some people who do movies in Kickstarter. I get all that. But the basic premise, the whole point is it's not real yet. Mm-hmm. Like you say, that's a good way yeah, to put it. It's, it, it, it. it's it's an idea. Help it's us make it real. It's somebody's hope. Yeah. It's somebody's wish. A Kickstarter Aww. is a dream your heart makes. You know? Aww. <laughs> They and, need to put that on their website. You know, <laughs> I think Disney would sue their pants off. But, but you know, kickstart Disney. There you go. Um, so, so they, but it, it's this hope, and so everybody comes in and goes money, and we we are into it for. Typically, I've been into Kickstarter because I have friends like Craig who have a dream and they want to put their dream out there, and I'm interested. I it's not that I don't want to do it, but it's like great. I'll help you do this. But most of the time we're into Kickstarters because they give us free stuff. You know, they give us, in some cases, in some games, and I criticize them for this, they give you what I think is the complete game as a Kickstarter exclusive. I have never forgiven the Sales of Glory Kickstarter. It's a <laughs> ship game with model ships, my period Age of Sail Napoleonic stuff. Um, I've never, ever, ever, ever forgiven them for the fact that the Billy Ruffian, the, the HMS Bellerophon, was a Kickstarter exclusive, and you can't get the thing. I missed the Kickstarter. It's like, what are you talking about? I can't get this ship. Sell me your ship. I'm sorry. It was a Kickstarter exclusive. You should die. <laughs> you should all die. Give me this. And then, of course, you go on eBay. I will give you this little plastic ship for $500. Uh-huh. I am not. No. <laughs> so, so that's why we go into these things. But in exchange for that, <laughs> send your money, chill out, and let them do the thing. Let them do the thing. So these guys get caught with Siege of the Citadel, realizing they're terribly, terribly late. 
And I respect the decision. I just think it was the wrong one. They said, look, we're really sorry we're so late. We're super duper sorry. And you're saying horrible things about us and talking about coming in and poisoning our cats. We're we're gonna we're gonna take this base game and we're gonna ship that. And then we're going to ship the expansions in two waves. Okay? So if you want it all at once, you don't have to do anything. But if you want to get them separately and get your core game first, we're going to, and I, they, <laughs> they, they reopened their pledge manager. Yeah. So you got to pay for the additional shipping. And I'm going, oh my God. You were, now, admittedly, because I am a, a, a time whore like this and because I do review games, I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> give me my game. I have money enough. Just give me, the, give me the game. Hand it over. But I went into the pledge manager, hit it again, and I'm looking at everything they're having to do to get this to us just because. The only reason they're doing this is to deal with the pressure that's on them from their backers. Yeah. And And then I'm looking at... You know, and again, I'm an American. I always have been. I love Europe. I've been many times. I've been to other countries, other continents. I'm an American, and I still think, well, I'm in America. Send it to me, and the world shipping conglomerates will accommodate me. I'm looking at the other places where they have to ship this thing to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I go, Bangladesh. Here's what you have to Azerbaijan. do. Azerbaijan. <laughs> Seoul. <laughs> St. Petersburg, Rio, Russia. I'm sort of getting, but they had they actually they they had Borneo. <laughs> you're you're okay. Who's so? Come on, let's be honest. Who's that guy? It's one dude who wanted Siege of the Citadel in Borneo, and he's sitting in front of his computer, going, "I'm very angry at Modifius because they can't readily get me my package here in the farthest jungles of Borneo." <laughs> that's somebody's problem that was and so this week i don't do craig did you have any backers in borneo uh oh well, i can't be sure but i don't believe so so but th that was your job this week because i don't get you know, my 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 backer information is a little bit incomplete because some people don't fill out certain things unless there's shipping involved and i didn't have to actually ship anything myself except to just a few people most of the people are doing their own taking care of shipping on their own but 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 my goodness, yeah. I mean, for just... the record, um, I, Craig Campbell, owner and designer at Nerdburger Games, do not believe that Kickstarter backers are stupid. <laughs> um, and also, I promised the game by December of this year and delivered two and a half months early. Yay! So there. That's that's. And and there are and, and let me say there are plenty of companies I will call out Dan Viersen Games along with Nerdburger Games along with a couple others that use Kickstarters on a slightly different model. They've got something that's let's call it seventy percent there, mm -hmm. and, and they use it almost like a pre-order system. Yeah, basically that's what that's what I do. I mean, it's I can I can design the game, I can play test it, I can have it all put together in in a reasonable format that people could take the you know i could just pdf it and people could play the game and but i want to make it into a real game so to speak and have artwork and nice layout and put it in a book with a hard cover and all that kind of stuff and that takes a little bit of money and so i raise money to do that as a pre-order sure 
And and I'm also very, very excited about the Kickstarter for Steve Jackson's The Fantasy Trip that was wildly successful. And just watching him go through that, you can you can see that this was something Steve had carefully lined up because he's sending out almost seems like daily updates of, well, we did this thing today, just so you know. I uh you know, there's good models and bad models. And obviously I, I'm actually speaking up for the creators on Facebook saying, guys, guys, know what you're doing when you're getting into Kickstarter. I know you want the toys. I know you want the tchotchkes, but read the site and fig- just think a little bit. No disrespect at all to what Capers is and what Nerdburger Games is doing. It's a very different thing from putting together a gigantic miniatures game. There's going to be different issues involved. And I just, I think we tend to see them as one unassimilated whole and, and say, well, no, give, give me my thing and give it to me now. There is zero guarantee that you will ever receive anything for any Kickstarter you ever back. Correct. There is no legal binding anything involved. You are donating for a reward should the creator decide to follow through on their promise that they made on the internet. That is all Kickstarter is. (laughs) I love that little tag. By the way, you know they made it on the internet, right? (laughs) Um, That's awesome. um, Just a Unassimilated whole new band name, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick note. Um, I have found, like, during the Kickstarter, we talked about this, how, you know, when you're running a Kickstarter, you're always refreshing to see the numbers going up. Sure. Uh, to see your back, especially once on, up, up through the point where you fund, and then it slows down a little bit, and then it kind of picks up occasionally when you're close to a stretch goal where you're kind of checking to see if a stretch goal is getting hit. And then, of course, at the at end. At the end, yeah. Um, I have discovered that um, I am a refresher also, right after publishing the game, because I can go to Drive Through RPG, um, to my publisher page, and there's a sales uh, a sales report thing that I can customize, and I can look yeah. to see how many people. Is there a counter? Down, how Is many, there a counter? Does no it make up- a cash register no, noise when it goes up? No count. <laughs> no counter. But I can do a sales report that tells me how many fulfillment. For example, in this, the track is how many of the fulfillment bundles. Um, have been downloaded and as of right now fulfillment bundle alternate episode title from yes. last week as of right now um it's 232 that's a so nice closing in on halfway palindrome a day number. And a, you know a couple days after i fulfilled everything so you know there's and there's people that'll they won't get around to it until later today or over the course of the next week and there are of course our people will be like oh yeah this thing fulfilled okay i'll get to that and then they'll forget about it and they'll accidentally delete that email and they'll never download it mm-hmm. they will end up just giving their money away because they'll forget about it especially um if they're a person who backs a lot of kickstarters that's why i always back at the level that gets me something physical <laughs> like like this big box of King's Guild that showed up this week. <laughs> what it's a box? Okay, for those of us who can't see you, the I'm King's like a- Guild by Matthew Austin. Oh, at Mirrorbox yeah. Games. Uh, friend, friend of the, the show, show from way back in uh, the <clears throat> Mirrorbox. Joey was on uh, with Chaosmos with Chaosmos back in the day, and we talked about King's Guild when it was kickstarting as well. Yes. So yeah. Um. Quick uh, production note, uh, Skype does something differently bad every time we use it. <laughs> and this week, our Skype feature... Skype <laughs> feature of the week! Is uh, every time you or I, Craig, make any noise at all, whether it's talking or the bell or anything, it's causing Jim to cut out. 
and we can't hear anything he's saying when we are making any noise. So Actually, that's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> that's why I said it's the feature of the week. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Skype feature of... <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Of the week. <laughs> All right. I keep forgetting I have that. Well, we have we have the discussion every so often where we have to be careful, especially with Skype guests. We tend to talk, you know, everybody wants to talk and we it's, talk over each other. And it's a problem that's always there a little bit, but today it's exceptionally well, noticeable. With Skype guests, it's more of a problem because we can't, there's, do, no, there's no facial cue. cues yeah. that we can throw at each other. And so we're always kind of careful to make sure to let people, you know, to not just talk over somebody forever but you know that this solves the problem <laughs> yeah right so jim just know that if we are making any noise at all we can't hear you <laughs> excellent of course of course this is gonna Jim's be just gonna start cussing us out this is gonna yeah it's gonna be one of those moments where he thinks he's not being heard and he's just gonna start railing on something we're on mute here right this is gonna be they can't they can't hear us at corporate right this is gonna be janice those effers this is gonna be janice in the uh in the in the in the rest janice from the muppets in the restaurant in the muppet state manhattan when everybody's yapping 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 and then for whatever reason everybody stops talking and she says so i told him i wasn't taking my clothes off for anybody even if it is artistic (laughs) and they all look at her yeah. It was in a Muppet movie. <laughs> a good Muppet movie. Yeah. One of the best. Anyway. So what, our, what's, what's this What's this you brought here, Craig? I brought a congratulatory, celebratory McDonald's. Yay. Go ahead, Ev. Okay. Grab something. It's going to be exactly what you want it to be. It's your, I fi- I it's your favorite breakfast item. I is it one of each? Yeah. Well, one, one, for, one for each. One for me, one for you. That's what I mean. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Diving up the napkins. Here's your receipt. <laughs> Don't you want to see how much your gift costs? The ceiling fan blew back <laughs> at me. $3. Anyway. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so while one of us is doing news items or something, the other one can be munching on... $2. Their, uh, and change. Thank you, Craig. Bacon McGriddle. <laughs> oh, bacon? Yeah. Oh, okay. What do you mean, okay? Well, you said it was my favorite thing. I thought that was. My second favorite thing. Oh, well, screw you. You get to eat it in. Well, give it back, then. <laughs> okay, here we go. No, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> What's what news, Craig? Mean, I was on it. God, yeah. Calm down. Um, hey, Jim. Ahoy. You've been listening recently, right? Oh, yes. We've, uh, we've hit on some weird races. And by races, I mean like things where people actually have to travel a distance to win a to win a prize. Yes, yes. Um, well, we're going to wrap her up here today with the weird race trifecta, um, with number three in our series of strange races. Is this three of three? No, it's it's it's, it's just number three. It's just a uh, it's a race. We previously had the wife carrying race in England, mm-hmm. um, and then we had the snail race. Yep, um, that was also in England, I believe. Right? Yeah. Um, this one's in Germany. Yeah. In uh in Lomar. With a look of apprehension, a blonde woman clad in a wetsuit wobbles her way onto a lake in western Germany in a huge what? <coughs> wobbles yeah, onto has, a lake in yeah. a huge something. A huge hollowed out anybody? Uh, a giant wooden shoe? No. Oh, okay. This is Germany. It's adjacent. 
It's a hollow nut vegetable. Oh, a pumpkin. pumpkin. Gigantic pumpkin. It's like a kayak race, but with pumpkins. Those aren't real, really aerodynamic. That's for, the for, point, for, I for think. Cut, cutting through the water anyway. <laughs> it's not a fast race. At great race. speed, no. Yeah, no, they race no, with wow. like kayak, be worse, kayak be style paddles with the, you know, the double paddle. Um, yeah. They are contestants in, uh, oh, good Lord, Cruel, Cruel Chauffeurs? Cruel Chauffeur cool. Lakes. Does that sound right, Jim? It's close, yeah. Okay, Cruel Chauffeur Cruel for Lakes. Annual pumpkin race held for the third time on Wednesday over a 35-meter, that is 115-foot course. So they have to just get these gigantic pumpkins. And these things are like, you know, like you can you could seat three people on them. They're that big. On them or in them? On them. They're that big. They're huge. Okay. Cradle's Hofer. There you go. Um, one of the <laughs> competitors. Just, I just I looked it up. I happened to be looking at the pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> Malin Matashek um, said, it was hard fighting against the wind to get anywhere. <laughs> You're saying it wrong. It was very hard fighting against the wind to get anywhere. But when you are in the groove, it works. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I imagined it would be more difficult. Oh, so she's German, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was to be hard. <laughs> I actually thought that after a few meters, she would fall in, chimed in her sister. Oh, Jana Mai. Nice. So is it very precisely carved out? Um, well, they say that she was in like, one. What is the tolerance? No, they're, they're, they're grown for the race. Yeah, they're grown specifically for the race. They're, they're only <laughs> barely orange. They're like actually this like Almost creamsicle white. color. They're like really, really yes. light kind of whitish orange. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The fastest racers in six different categories get 200 euros, $230 in prize money or 300 if they paddled in their own pumpkins. Wait, so you like, can rent a pumpkin? Apparently. Yeah, they, if they you have, actually they, grew your own, you you can win more. You drive your pumpkin to the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need a pumpkin trailer, right? Yeah. Oh, we are going to the pumpkin race. It's very great. You need, yeah. you, need, so, you need the amphibious pumpkin. Okay, so Jim, you're the German guy going so to the pumpkin race. you can drive it down the autobahn and then right into the lake. <laughs> yeah. Jim, you're the German guy going to the pumpkin race. I'm the American tourist mm-hmm. asking you about the pumpkin race. Yeah. So I uh, hear you race pumpkins. What's that right. all about? You got to like go up to a hill and run and roll them down the hill? Oh, no. It's a great tradition of our people. It comes, we are, you know, you are very near Cologne. Cologne. When we all go out to the lake and we all get the pumpkins, they're very specially made. And you go out and you take them to this little lake we have right here. Look at our lake. What's the name of this thing? I, I, was, I wasn't going to go to Cologne. I was going to go to Cologne. Is that anywhere nearby? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, probably best you don't go. Um, <laughs> it's it, we, we will all go out to the Vanbach. We'll go out to the Vanbach where we have our competition, and we will get onto our giant pumpkins, and you will laugh because the silly people cannot stay on their pumpkins. They fall off. So pumpkin's like a type of boat, right? Like, No, it's a pumpkin. You know, it's a, it's a, a big orange, you know, like Charlie Brown gets every Halloween. Like a, like a vegetable. <laughs> I, isn't I think it's a gourd, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe that is a veg. I, I think it's a berry, isn't well, it's, it? It's got seeds, so it's a fruit, if it's anything. Yeah. So there you go. That's our our. 
They didn't. They didn't have any list of any people who won. Unfortunately, I wanted to see if anybody <laughs> no, had nobody, something. Nobody made it to the finish. <laughs> they're, they're still paddling. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's it's interesting. It, Germany's geography always amazes me because, as I say, this is right near Cologne. It's just southeast, and I'm assuming they don't give a location, but I'm assuming they're doing it in this Von Bachsee, and. I don't ever remember seeing this, but this is a big lake. <laughs> well, the, the race is only 35 meters. No, no, no. I get it. They're, they're, but it's this weird, long, skinny lake so they could shoot it the short way. Sure. But that's, I, I'm just, like I say, Germany always amazes me. That way. Like a oh. lock. Uh, very much like a lock. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lock, like a lock, like a lock, like a lock. What else is news, Mike? Celebrity death news. Uh-oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> Craig's busy uh, enjoying the uh, pleasures of life. Well, you know who's not enjoying the pleasures of life anymore? Uh, Scott Wilson. Herschel yeah. Green from The Walking yeah. Dead. Apparently, he had leukemia. Oh, Anybody wow. know that? Not, not I. While he was on the show? Um, <clears throat> well, that's what he died of. Complications from, according to this article. Yep, 76 years old. He's was or is still unsure, supposed to be back in the upcoming season that starts tomorrow or three days ago, for those of you listening. They so, haven't said how this affects that. We're going to well, have a flashback, I sure. Well, this is all in the can, so I mean, it's... Well, right? yeah, I don't know how far in advance they they do that stuff. And if it's a flashback, they can... Sure. They don't they have to do it. That. It it doesn't necessarily have to be filmed in line with that week's stuff. It can be done the week before, the week after. If he was sick and they knew he was sick, they may have filmed they, it early. True, knowing that you know maybe not, maybe he won't be around. Right. So that's sad because he was a uh, or yeah. Anyway, seemed like <laughs> a nice guy. <laughs> he was from here. Here being the Georgia region. No, dog, that's not yeah. for you. That is my celebratory McGriddle. Yeah, he uh, he got the got the job after uh, or the role of Herschel um, after he came back here uh, to visit his 97 year old mother at the time. Wow. Yeah, I've, I think I've seen him in one or two episodes. I can't declare myself to be a religious viewer, but uh, huh, interesting. And performing with leukemia that must have been quite a thing well we don't know that because he uh he they killed off his character four a few years, years ago, ago. Yeah. yeah okay got it spoilers <laughs> well it shows how up to date i am i guess <laughs> uh yeah. yeah he's long dead on the show only 24 hours as we record this okay jeez <clears throat> in happy news Yay. Yes, please. I'm not sure. Well, it it's it's happy and um, well, Jim, have you ever played Sid Meier's Civilization? Yes, all six versions. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> now available on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. Well, I mean, look. So long, productivity. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> now I can okay. play Civilization. <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> Goodbye, <want> Facebook pooping. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never look at Facebook again. 
I'll be conquering somebody as Gandhi, as or Abraham Lincoln, or uh, go ahead, whoever. Go go go, Jim. No, I, I look. They they released shortly. I think after four came out. Excuse me. After five came out, maybe it was five. Uh, Siv Meyer's Civilization Revolutions, which was the console version. And I don't, I, I guess, look, if you like it, you like it. But I play Civ for the interface, the approach, and the depth that you get on the PC. I'll be very curious to see how much of that they're able to translate onto a screen, if for no other reason that your real estate is so limited. Apparently, it's the uh, it's the iPad app that they have ported over to the phone. So Okay. Um, okay. It's yeah. the same app, but it just... They it wasn't running on the phone before, but now it is. And to celebrate, and I don't know, this uh, article is a few days old. I don't know if the sale's still going on, um, but it's sixty percent off. It's regular price of fifty nine ninety nine. Jeez, for an app on the yeah. iPhone. Yeah, well, it's an it's yeah. an iPad game that will also work on on your iPhone. Um, yeah, so for twenty twenty four dollars, that would be um, two hundred and forty percent. Uh, of the current highest uh, cost app that I, I was going to say that's well, that's that's a shot across the bow. That's a check to see if that'll happen. I'm I've not. I mean, I don't follow that industry as well as I used to, but I will tell you that strikes me as a company saying, "Can we get away with this?" And if we do, they will try it again. Mm-hmm. Because oh, and, and other companies are watching this very closely. I should think because. You know, one of the things I've observed over the years as I've loaded an occasional app onto either my iPad or my iPhone is, man, this is a fully featured game. But uh, I play one of my favorite old games, workshop games, was um, Battlefleet Gothic, their version of Ships in Space. Go figure. And they had a PC version that I that's okay, but the iPad version was much better. Because it was turn-based, just like the board game was on the tabletop. And I loved it. And I observed, this thing is four bucks. How are they how are they monetizing? How does this work? And I suppose it's mass consumption. You know, you, you just sell more of them because the platform is so much bigger. But if they're gonna make a move like that, that's that is that's the interesting part of that story to me. Good lord. I ain't doing it, but you can play the first 60 turns for free. Before you have to, uh, okay. And if anybody money. has, if anybody has ever played Civilization, they <laughs> know that the six, the first sixty turns are among the most meaningless in gaming. Yeah, Re- scout, <laughs> return, return, village. return, return, or space bar, space bar, space bar. Scout <laughs> has found a unique mineral. Uh-huh. Huzzah! <laughs> you now have enough money sorry. to build one thing. Thank you. It's like, oh, you've researched your second thing. You've understood shiny rocks as opposed to <laughs> dull rocks. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, that's that's funny. That's man. Again, forgetting about the game and whether or not it's going to defeat productivity nationwide or worldwide. The the the, narr- the corporate narrative around this is what I'm finding fascinating. Oh, may we please have the most meaningless part of your game for free? Now somebody gets a face punch. That's a little bit that's, of a that's a little bit of a middle finger. Thank you. Yes, it is. That's I'm actually offended by that. <laughs> do, do you think I don't know your game, Sid Meier? I actually admire Sid Meier a lot. He's a funny guy and a very gifted guy. I don't know how much he exactly has to do with this, but 
Sid, Sid, come on. Really? That's what you're doing? Stop it. <laughs> Actually, Sid Meier, who I admire. Da 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 da. <laughs> Something. Looking more, for, now he's, now, he's looking for, now he's looking for poems. <laughs> what else is news, Craig? I don't really have anything else. Oh, did, I, okay. did you see what happened last night at the UFC fight? Sure. What happened? Just reading it online. Oh, boy. What a great name. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Nor, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Easy for you to Nurmagomedov. Khabib Nurmagomedov beats Conor McGregor at UFC 229. That is news. But that's not what drew my attention. He then... As he finished a mauling, I'm reading the article, of McGregor by forcing a tap out with a rear naked choke at 3.03 of the first round, he leaped over the cage <laughs> into the crowd <laughs> and appeared to be going after Dylan Dennis, a Bellator fighter who serves as McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach, who is yelling from outside the cage. Dude <laughs> had just finished a real fight. You know, not your WWE fight. <laughs> he, you know, this was a real knock you unconscious fight. He then leapt into the crowd. Over and the cage? Over the cage. He <laughs> jumped over, and he proceeded to start beating other people. Wow. <laughs> he had not beaten up enough people. His beating meter was not full. <laughs> this is assault and battery, right? It has to be, doesn't it? And 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 then to the shock and surprise of everyone reading this, chaos ensued. <laughs> it says that right here. Chaos um, ensued. Yeah. <laughs> the skirmish between Nurmagomedov and Danis sparked a massive brawl with fans pushing their way through barricades and attempting to join the fray. Free for all. Oh my goodness. Wait, whoa, what is this now? All of as as all the attention was focused on Nurmagomedov, more scuffles were ignited inside the cage. What? When two members of Nurmagomedov's team began trading punches with the startled McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the guy who had just been knocked unconscious, so he tapped out. Oh, oh okay. Oh, well, right, but he was in a, yeah, he knew he'd get choked out who had tried to follow Nurmagomedov over the cage fence, only to be thwarted by security. <laughs> One of the men, apparently fighting Gr Conor McGregor, appeared to be Zubaira Tuganov, a UFC featherweight who is scheduled to fight McGregor's friend and teammate, Artem Lobov, this month. <sighs> All they needed... At this point was to have the crowd of onlookers who are kind of scrambling to get out of the way, some people running away and everything. All they needed at this point was for one of the fighters to bump into a patron who then bumps into another patron who turns around and punches that patron. Like how a bar, you know, how bar fights they show in oh, movies when bar fights kind of spread. It's because somebody gets bumped into somebody gets bumped into somebody and that person has had too much to drink or is just a violent douchebag. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody else started jumping at each other. <laughs> this could have ended with like 80 people fighting. Oh, 80? I mean, how many thousands are in the arena? Well, just even if it's, even if the vast majority of them ran away, just enough of them are testosterone pumped and just from watching the fight. Yes. And it's <laughs> and, and 
and God bless the men and women in blue always. Quote, it's going to be a while, quote, end quote, before police tally how many people are arrested. Metropolitan Police Department spokesman Jay Rivera said at about 1050 Sunday. Oh, the, it, and of course, we have to get a comment from Nurmagomedov. First of all, I wish to say sorry to the Nevada Athletic Commission. Sorry to Vegas. I know this is not my best side. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, I, 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 now I have to find video of him jumping out of the cage because those gates are locked. They, they, they do lock you in. And apparently now I see why. <laughs> um, I'll give him, I'll give him credit for having like, you know, a, a legitimate apology and not a, you know, I'm sorry if you were bothered or I'm sorry if you're upset or I'm sorry if you were yes. angry or, you know, cause that's always, that's how people couch, like to couch their sorries is like, you're not actually apologizing for the thing. It's like, I'm sorry if you were offended. That's not an apology. Screw you. No, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh my <laughs> goodness. The uh that's that's that that that's that's awesome. Well, I quite a thing. Very good. Anything else, Mike? Hey Jim, you feel like getting a little riled up? <laughs> Daily. <laughs> Have you heard of um conscious breathing? Uh is this gonna be like tree bath? Go ahead. Maybe. Yeah. Conscious yeah. breathing sounds like a Meditation thing. Uh huh. What's well, a? It's kind of what it sounds like. It's paying attention. Paying to your attention breathing. to your breathing. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, all right. Mm, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, but there are, and and there, there is a lot of actual science stuff involved in this. It's not complete hokum, but there are people who are are making a lot of money based on it and extrapolating, you know, claims from it. Um, Doing yes. a lot of bamboozlery. Yes, the uh, the the title of the article is "You've had what we call a cosmic orgasm." Oh, yes, what? yes. This is what happens when you uh, force your body to stop breathing for several minutes, and then suddenly let the air in right before you pass out. Uh, uh, uh people die that way. Yeah, we lost Michael Hutchins that way. We lost Kung Fu that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That is the only worthwhile name he goes by. Everything else is junk. And we won't go into this too much, but there's a uh, there's <laughs> one David Carradine expert. <laughs> no, who, I've uh, told you my David Carradine story, right? You know I feel this way. Are we going to um, sidetrack into David Carradine? Can real? you make it quick? <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I can't believe I haven't told you guys this. Maybe story. you have, but it's been but five you, and a half years. Fair. <laughs> my uh, my wife was a huge fan of is uh, I'm too, but of Deadwood. Mm-hmm. And Doc on Deadwood uh, was one of her favorite characters, and she found out that his uh, that he was actually his agent. She got actually in touch with his agent on the side, and he was going to be at Gen Con one year, and decided to meet, and that was cool. And the reason the agent was going to be there was because Kung Fu was going to be there, and everybody, and he was going to go hang out, and he was going to do all this stuff. First of all. He shows he's a he is a really tall guy. I was amazed by that. He's really really tall. But my wife is talking to his agent, and they're having a really nice conversation. And Carradine is sitting over there doing whatever he's doing. He stands up. He's one of these guys that won't wear a shirt in public. 
So so he's sitting at Gen Con with blue jean pants, blue jean shirt, sandals. He reeks of patchouli. <laughs> and with me standing right there, starts basically asking my wife out. <laughs> As like this is his default setting to hit on women. You know, to the point that his agent actually goes, ah, we're going to get out of here. Okay, we'll see you later. Okay, take care. And like, really? That's your move? That's your A game, Mr. Hollywood Kung Fu guy? (laughs) (laughs) You do this at a Gen Con? You know, who was in start, you know, anyway, so yes, that's why Kung Fu. Old entitled white guys. Hmm. Go fig. Continue with the original story, please. Um. Yeah. So, uh, this article goes through some things, and then they they eventually get to this guy, uh, Vim W I M Vim Hoff. I'm assuming it's Vim. He sounds sounds, sounds Germanish. Sounds, sounds Dutch, but anyway. Go ahead. Or, or yeah, yeah. Would it be Wim or Vim? It'd be Vim. Okay. Uh, yes. He has his uh his own patented method known as uh W H M, which I assume stands for Vim Hoff method. Which has gained a cult following among bodybuilders, athletes, and celebrities, including Oprah Winfrey and Orlando Bloom. Hoff is also known as the Iceman, which comes from his penchant for encasing himself in ice, swimming under bits of the Arctic, and climbing up mountains like Kilimanjaro in shorts. He holds 26 world records for withstanding extreme temperatures, partly thanks, according to him, to his breathing technique. And he r- runs retreats in Holland, Poland, and Spain. He also sells online courses while giving away the basics free in his app. The, the autonomic the nervous system, the endocrine system, the lymphatic system, the immune system, the vascular system. He declaims when I Skype him in Holland. Maybe that was just the connection. According to science, humans couldn't actively influence any of these, but we have shown that you can tap into them just by breathing. Oh, God. Yes, that's why we made a t-shirt that says Breathe, motherfucker! <laughs> it's so good because it's so simple! Yeah. Uh, no, no, it isn't. <laughs> See, and here's the problem. People are going to die. People are going... Somebody is going to die doing this. Because people who do... I, I really have a problem with people who sell fitness, who themselves are incredibly fit, are... You know, that's all they do. It's all their focus. And they try to sell their hokum to weekend warriors. Yep. It's like, if you do this all the time and you're working with a doctor and looking at your vitals and do, you know, making sure your nutrition is right and all this other stuff, that's what you do. That's what an athlete does. We were just talking about UFC fighters. I'm sure that they eat a diet and engage in a workout regimen unimaginable to normal people. But that's the point. They're not normal people. <laughs> you know, they're they are people who are proceeding at a very, very high level. You know, they're 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 high level athletes. And the idea that that can somehow translate to, you know, me, you know, it's like well, Joe you know, Meathead, right? Yeah. I stand I stand at a desk all day, so I'm really taking care of myself. And then on the weekends, I do the Vilm with what's his name again? Uh, Vim Hoff. I use the Vim Hoth method to restrict my breathing and manage my endocrine system. No, you don't. Stop it. You're going to hurt yourself. No, you don't. You watch Netflix and (laughs) play touch football with your kids on Sunday afternoon 
and you have about have a barbecue maybe that's that's what you do if you work yeah, at a at, desk oh my gosh it sounded oh. like it sounded like you said vim hoth but that would actually be appropriate because he spends so much of his time in the cold and frozen yeah. environments <laughs> stuffed inside a tauntaun <laughs> <laughs> no but uh do do read the article that that we will link to um <laughs> except for all of this extreme breathing stuff that's even what it's called uh that might kill you uh it does make a good point um about how <coughs> people don't breathe right anymore because of the way our lives are with our technology and our stress and the fact that we sit in a chair in the same position every day you know those of us with office jobs um we're not breathing correctly we're not breathing deeply like your posture is wrong you're getting these little short shallow breaths that are um the same type of it's the same type of breathing you would do if you were you know a caveman running around in in the jungle you know getting chased by a lion where you're you're constantly nervous about survival like that's that's what we're doing to ourselves on a small scale every day with like phone notifications and emails and phone calls and this and that and all the things that distract us and stress us out. Oh, no, and that's absolutely right. I mean, the, 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 the size of the, uh, I actually use the calm app. I don't, I don't, not ashamed to say it. I don't know if you've seen it. It's an app for the iPhone that teaches brief meditative techniques is recommended to me by my doctor. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she told me, you know, we just well, just what you said, Mike. It, it really is that. It's that we are so detached from the way our bodies are supposed to work. One of the reasons I went to a standing desk is we're not designed physically to sit all day. Right. That is absolutely not what our body wants to do. And that's why we get the back problems we do. And that's why we get all this other stuff. And breathing is absolutely a part of that too. So no, I, I'm with that completely. And I've and I won't I don't mind saying I found it very beneficial. Um, because now I, I have a dear friend just visited me yesterday. who's part of my party yesterday for my birthday. Uh, he is, how's he uh, doing this morning? <laughs> uh, oh, he's fine. He's a teetotaler. The, um, which is, I, and he's still my friend who knew, um, but no, he, uh, he, he's a PhD, he's a psychologist, PhD and all that who works with veterans. Um, and PTSD. Correct. And he's actually the first graduate of a fairly prestigious institute established by the Veterans Administration down in Chicago to work on with veterans. And he's about to go out to a vet center in Wyoming uh, to spend a three year hitch working out there with uh, with veterans and dealing with it. And one of the things he is very, very big on is uh, present mindedness, centeredness, breathing, all that simple stuff. And he said, you know, it's not. And, but here's the key, because he's he's a scientist. He doesn't come at it from a perspective of, oh, I have this magical pill in my bag that's going to fix you. Right. It's like, no, this is a tool that you can take to take positive steps towards making your life better. In addition to other tools that y you yes. can do that make take positive steps that if you do enough of them and you do it enough for a longer period, a long enough period of time, then you, you might may actually see a tangible benefit. And that's it. And you're not help. going to you're not going to suddenly wake up in the middle of a meditation session and go, I am better. I, do, mm -hmm. you know, I suddenly don't have all these horrible nightmares that keep me awake at night. Right. Or my, um, my cancer is cured or. Right. My brain right, tumor exactly. disappeared or whatever. That's and that's the key. And that's the disconnect. I some, and, and he's made this point to me. So we are a very, very impatient species of late. 
And we want those fixes to come far faster than uh, than they really do. So uh, that's, you know, and again, that's that's the problem I have with these guys. They're taking things that are true, that have use, that are good, and they turn them into magic pills. There are no magic pills. There are no magic pills. And this nonsense of breathe mrf stop it. You know, it, it just just if, if you're using that to focus yourself, if you want to get a tattoo that says that to remind you, I'm okay with that. But the minute you start selling it, the minute you start pitching it as a as a cure-all, now you're no different from that guy that won't get out of my YouTube feed. If you're over 50, you don't have to be flabby. You can be cut like me. You're just the same guy. I think there's something in here about getting people getting breathe tattoos. Great. <laughs> <sighs> so that's hilarious that you said that. Just and just just for the record, I finally found footage of the McGregor Nurmagomedov brawl. And I, I'm kind of obsessed. Is it even better than the, the oh, verbal it's description? Than it's better. It's better. It's uh, I will just take you briefly through the moment. They try to stop the Nurmagomedov is clearly jaw jacking this jujitsu guy in the audience. They are going <laughs> back and forth. And the announcer. The ring announcer knows what's going on. He tries to stop him. Aww. Now, first of all, I wanted him to call the fight. <laughs> I am personally a guy who would love a job as a ring announcer. I've often said that if JR, if Jim Ross called me and let me take over his gig at Monday Night Raw, I'd be in in a New York minute. And I, I'm like, I would not attempt to stop these guys. If they wish to fight, let them fight. I will then, as Craig indicates, call the fight. <laughs> but he tries to stop him. Now, again, looking at Jim, I'm not in horrific shape, but when this guy chooses to spider monkey out of the cage the way he does, he shoots straight up that wall and climbs it in less than two seconds. Like it steps. Like, right. like he's <laughs> going upstairs. <laughs> like you and I take stairs. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. The security guy positioned at one of the angles outside the octagon is looking up at him like, huh. What's going on there? <laughs> he has no chance of stopping this guy. So he just gets in and goes. Unlike the WWE, where it's all very carefully choreographed and staged and slow, this guy goes running, jumps off the lip of the octagon, and leaps feet first at the guy he's mad at. <laughs> he is and immediately, and this has got to be Based on what I'm seeing, a three-foot drop out of the octagon. It's a raised platform. So he falls to the ground and immediately starts wailing on this dude. So again, his fight meter is not full. All the security correctly swarms this situation. The problem is the guys on Nurmagomedov's team take this as an opportunity to go. <laughs> to go bananas on the on McGregor's guys who are still in the ring. <laughs> and there starts a fight. It gets better. One guy from one side or another, I can't tell which, <laughs> climbs the ring again in two steps and cold cocks McGregor. He comes up behind him and throws a punch to the back of his head. Well, that's dirty pool. <laughs> Well, now this is out of control. I, you know, <laughs> this was now, 
Oh my goodness, what a fine time was had in Las Vegas last night. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah, this is uh <clears throat> Okay, the cage the cage isn't as tall as I thought it was. It's it's not, but it's still pretty it's like, impressive. It's like six feet. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, no. it's as tall as everybody that's standing in it. Uh, I just watched it. Uh, after no, being no, I'm not, you're tortured the with a 20-second advertisement. Maybe it's six and a half feet. Okay, that's maybe what Those could be big dudes. Yeah. Oh, are we ready to roll down memory lane with Jim? Sure. Hey, Jim. This came up last time you were on the show, and you suggested that we actually delve into it a little bit here. Yes. Um, and I think you described it as technology that you have to explain to your son. Yes. That is to say My... stuff that is older than he is, that, that died out before he was born or before he really became aware of much going on around oh. him. Okay, real quick. I just saw this this week. Okay. Uh, it was It's a photo that was on Twitter, and... Uh, I don't know where I got it, guys. I saved the photo, and it's one of these. It's one of these things in an app that's they're designed there to prevent a child from doing something on their 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 parent's phone. Right. It's called the parental gate. Sure. And and what it is is it's a question, and you have to be able to correctly answer this question to get through. Okay. So it's an age specific question. Sure. So what we have here is a. Uh, the question is. Please have a parent or legal guardian solve this challenge in order to adjust your restriction settings. What does a VCR do? <laughs> yeah. Select one. It heals rashes on the skin. It keeps people in cars safe. It heats up your food. It plays videos on tapes. So that's supposedly an actual thing that <laughs> is supposed to confuse a kid. Okay, Jim, what did you want to get? Uh, where, where did you want to start? Well, I mean, I don't, I, I didn't have, it just really hit me. I mean, when I have the, the great pleasure, the great blessing of having a 10-year-old now and, and watching him grow up and watching him experience the world and the world he gets. And, and every now and then, because he loves asking questions about these things, I'll mention something to my wife or my friends and we'll talk about it and say, well, what was that? You know? Sure. And so it has come up on multiple occasions that we've talked about things that suddenly he just didn't he had, he had no framework and it's it's not even so much oh vaguely i know about that thing it's much more what are you talking about <laughs> like you were you were about to say zero frame of reference exactly zero frame of reference and and so i thought it'd be interesting and now again he's 10 but awareness comes at about 4 or 5 so it's actually pretty it, it makes it a little easier because, you know, you're only talking about things that are older than, you know, seven or eight years. But yep. I was curious to know what what things do you think of that if I that one day I will have to explain at some point to my son if ever it comes up. And the first one that I thought of was actually the one that you just mentioned, which is a VCR. <laughs> I and in fact, to a further point, even a DVR, because I don't have one of those. But certainly a VCR, and more specifically the Beta versus <laughs> the, the the Beta Wars. I was going to say the one that yeah. there was the fact that there were two different, different types formats. of formats that kind of right. fought, right? And and had adherence. I mean, had passionate adherence. <laughs> if you're going to say to your son, "Well, there's these two formats. They had to kind of they've kind of fought against each other about which one was going to dominate the market." You know, you know, kind of like 
HD DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah. And he's going to go, <laughs> what? <laughs> right. Right. Well, not only we're, not only did they have adherence, but the adherence were limited in their ways to communicate their passion or their argument. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have forums to discuss it on. No, they well, got into they, fights. They had to they had to <laughs> in person. They had to have like a mailing list. <laughs> they, they sent out they sent, angry mass mailings. They angry, were fa- angry postcards. They were family members that got into arguments at the at the, right. the Fourth of July barbecue. Uh-huh. Coworkers, yes. friends, Sitting, yes. know, well, you know, friends at school, right? You know the way the way this always came up is if somebody took a video of someone's wedding or a nice family event. And somebody in the room, and God, God rest him. This would have been my father-in-law, who's just such a good guy, and I'm really sad he's not here. But Michael, Michael would have been the guy in the back of the room, sitting there going, "You know, you'd have shot that on beta. It'll look better." <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a beta household, Jim, and and I concur. Beta did have higher quality. Well, and and my wife, who I think you all know, is something of an expert in that field. That's right. Will t- will tell you that uh, the one th- really cool thing about beta is, do you remember we had copy protection on video cassettes? Yeah, there was the little plastic tab. Correct. No, 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 no. I mean actual dupe protection, DRM. No, no, so, I didn't know that. Where, the, where if you made a copy, it knew you had made a copy, so it varied the light levels. So that if you made a copy of an authorized, your if you bought your copy of, well, if you got your copy of Raiders of the Lost Ark from McDonald's, remember that? Sure. When they when they sold you a video cassette at McDonald's for five bucks if you bought a Happy Meal? Yeah. That was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> if if you copied that illegally in violation of that stern warning at the beginning and end, that the light levels would alter such that it made some parts of the movie unwatchable. Would it just kind of cycle up and yes. down in the, the yes. in, okay I, I i did i do remember seeing that i didn't realize that's what that was that's what that was supposed to be i saw that at friends houses friends <laughs> who had <laughs> illegally copied tapes and you know why you didn't see it michael is because you had a beta and if you played a beta and copied it to a vhs the signal was so strong it blew through the copy protection oh <laughs> So the beta could defeat that arcane copy protection. So all these things, the cassette, the beta versus VHS, the little tab that you had to pop <laughs> out if you wanted to prevent you from overwriting your, your copy. That's of what what's I was happening. thinking of, yeah. You know, that you wanted to prevent people from being able to write over your copy of what's happening. Um, <laughs> and it's, well, you got to keep your rerun safe. Hey, hey, um, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. You know, if you wanted to do all that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, oh, no, I'm good with that. Um, that's, that's all right. <laughs> Love me some rerun. The, um, yeah, Raj. Um, but, you know, so through all that, we had this. Um, so all those technologies lost, gone. Uh, in fact, I I don't think I have one in the house, so it's 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 all done. Yeah. It's all gone. So that was one thing. What would you have? Um. Well, I think like of audio recording, I think probably the one that would take the most rec- the most explanation would be the eight track. Yep. 
Um, I think records have gotten, um, you know, vinyl records have gotten a, there's a, there's a, there's a subculture of, of collectors and lovers of those. And there's a resurgence to it, even to the point that some, there are bands that are putting out vinyl again. Oh t- yeah, yeah. Most, um, most in- where, but in- nobody's independent put, labels. Nobody's put- putting out an eight track anymore. Yeah. You're, you're. It's possible to find an al- a new album that is available on digital download and vinyl, and that's it. That they there won't even be a CD. Right, and you could, you know, you have to explain. It's like okay, well, it's you know, <laughs> this it was a smaller thing and it had tape in it. And you could just play. You could fast forward, but was am I correct in remembering this? You could you could fast forward to the next song, but you couldn't rewind. Correct. You had to wait for it to cycle around. You had to, but you could cycle. No, you could punch. You could punch it around. Punch okay. it. You could, you because well, my eight track player. You could jump to the next song. Yes, you could jump to the next song. Jump, 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 and come all the way back. Right. You could. You could. You could. Skip you could be listening to an album. Beginning. Well, you could listen to an album and be like, I like all the songs on this album except for this one, and but now I can just skip it. Right. Oh, that was by pressing cool. a button that allowed you to jump forward, and you can listen to the other nine nine songs. Whereas with a vinyl, you'd have to get up and like take the needle off and move it over ever so properly, and now, gently, and lay lay it back down where the next song began. I I am just young enough to have missed eight track, um. But but my understanding of it is it was around just long enough to generate its rabid adherence, yep, and and followers, but not quite long enough to really matter i mean it got supplanted by the cassette tape right too soon just because the cassette tape just took over because it was so much smaller yeah and you could fast forward and rewind and you could record with it and you know you could carry suddenly you could carry you know a pretty significant musical library around with you in a small uh like in a small handbag that you (laughs) wore on your shoulder now this is something you're talking to your son right who's got his his iphone (laughs) or his tablet or or whatever and he's got you know top in a He's got 300 albums in there. Yeah. No, well, he knows albums because I have a very substantial collection of military marches that are really only available on vinyl. Do you have a bunch of eight tracks for him? I do not. <laughs> I do not. Yeah, there's a there's a wonderful cartoon. I think it was from The New Yorker of a father standing in front of a garage filled with evidently crap. And he said, someday, son, all this will be yours. <laughs> yeah. You know, no. And I, I've hoped to never do that to my child the um so not that but i you know so he knows vinyl and he actually can set a cue and do all those things but absolutely a track tapes the other one is cassettes mm-hmm. cassettes were very far more than eight tracks they were ubiquitous uh, they were that was that was my well we i, I think i've told the story about one of the ways that i think the world has really changed is there always used to be these shimmering brown coiled masses of tape by the roadside <laughs> that's right hanging you know, hanging from chain link fences blowing yeah, in the wind yeah. yeah wherever people had finally gotten just that mad yep. at that tape that got that got gnarled up in their boombox or or car player stuck in the player in their car yeah 500 miles an <laughs> and hour yeah just threw it out the window mm-hmm. yeah hung hang, there and there it's well, first, no, hanging off they, of bushes the first thing they did is they ripped it out right clearly you know, they just tore this this you know seventeen hundred miles of tape that's in there, and they and they went out and they they just chucked it over to a fence and there it sat, and you know I, there's the Facebook meme that that makes this seem a bit trite, which is the whole thing about if you know what this pen and this tape cassette have to do with each other, you are old. Yeah, yeah. 
And and that's true. But I'll go a step further and say my son will never know what it is to make a mixtape for any reason. You know, to he'll he'll build to a playlist s- to spend the time and effort that it takes oh. to craft a mixtape or do, a mix CD. Do, yeah. Do kids even make playlists anymore? I doubt it. Digital uh, MP3 playlist. Got a shuffle button. Why would you? Or just you want to well, listen to different you've stuff? Got the, what, you've got the whatever <clears throat> music on all the time service of your choice to just play whatever music. Yeah, but music. look, but look why, why did we do... We did it for two reasons in my experience that I saw. One was you wanted to build a cool playlist because for, for being in your car and going on a road trip and you didn't want to deal with the radio. Yes, so you, 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 you wanted I just had, good driving songs. Right. I wanted... I had a five-cassette set of what I wanted to listen to when I was on a, ro- a long road trip, like yeah. to Gen Con or something. I had that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and so that was like, I don't want to deal with, you know, especially, you you know, let's face it, Gen Con is in Indiana now, which means they have both kinds of music, country, Western, and Jesus. Um, and so, <laughs> and, and so you, you, you drive down there, you want your own stuff. Those are three but, kinds of music, Jim. Oh, right. Sorry. The, um, the, but the other one was. For those occasions that you kind of had something for a girl or a guy and you made them a a mixtape that was all about your relationship, you know, your songs, Mm -hmm. your special songs. And my God, in either case, what a pain, because to Craig's point, you got to take out whether you had the original on a cassette or an album, you got to, first of all, you got to have a tape deck that can handle the inputs, Yep, which is not to be taken for granted. You then have to put in the tape, hit hit record, start it, make sure you hit the cue right on the album, play that, stop the album, stop the tape, put the next one on, and then, as a final act of true craft, go into the little label insert that sits inside the cassette. <laughs> With the lines. And yeah. draw each word of each song on there. And so that you know, or not words with the titles. Right. Mm-hmm. So that you had them. And then if typically if you were a girl, I don't know if guys did this, but certainly the girls that I knew that did this, that you had to design that spine just so. You know, right. So it looked it said blah 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 mix or whatever. Right. And it, it have was, a heart on it or a unicorn or something. Some cool. little swirly something or other. Some Yeah, so you some, had some, that. Get it out had your, some art get production out your, to your it. colored pencil set. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. You had to get that out. So yeah, now to your question, is anybody doing that? No. I mean, because you know, my in my experience, if I want to send somebody a song, I text it to them. <laughs> right? It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, this song really made me think of you. Send. Yes. <laughs> just just as, this one song. As little effort as possible. Here's, no. here's yeah. what I think of you. Oh, shoot. Uh, if you really want to get nuts, go onto YouTube, create your playlist, which takes about uh, seven seconds. Click, 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 click. This playlist made me think of you. 17 hours of music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, did you have 17 any... hours of music that's, that streams at the uh, the bit rate of video. Make sure you have I, an unlimited plan. Just, 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 just for the record, <laughs> I went in on, I bought YouTube. I'm, I'm now a subscriber. And it's actually a little more efficient than that. Mike, did you have any, uh, did you have an item? Were you? Did you put together any sort of list of what we're talking about here, or were you just going to wing it when we got to it? Pieces of technology that we'd have to explain to Jim's son. Well, the VCR was was, mine. was the big one for you. It was okay. mine, but it was Jim's too. Um, but I also was thinking, and it's not a piece of technology, and it's and it's the it's uh, explaining the absence of 
the internet. Oh yeah, like, what it was expl- explaining life without the internet. How yep. to be a fan of something yep. without access yeah. to the internet. How to do anything we do without well, but access let's to put the it internet. In, let's put it in terms of like just one thing that you can you know you kind of wrap your head around that is like oh, sure. how to like, be a fan yeah. of something. Did you? Uh, okay, so he's ten. I was I was ten when uh, nineteen eighty two. Yeah, I was ten when Back to the Future was in theaters in the summer. Yeah, so I, so, I had two Star Wars movies. So if I, how, how was I going to be a super fan of Star Wars? Right. Yeah, you had to. You had to. Eighty two. Um, you had to have a magazine or something. I had to go I had to, to get a store a magazine. and get a magazine that had an address or or some advertisement for the fan club. We'd all have to go over. So then you like had, all the friends that love Star Wars would have to go over to the one friend's house. Yeah. Who had a VCR in 1982 to watch the one? It. Yeah, because we didn't all have them. The one, mm, yeah. And that's where that's how you could watch Star Wars again. Well, you grew up in yes, almost the UP, so. Northeast Wisconsin. No Mo- running most water. Of, most all, of my friends had we VCRs. All had, we all had moose as pets, and <laughs> no hot water in the house. And yeah, <laughs> see, he knows because uh, if if he was if he was a uh, not experienced in that he would have called the meese. The point is that you didn't necessarily have it at home for yourself. Right. You would have to rely upon others. No, just to even even to enjoy the movie after you know outside of the theater. Yeah, yeah, and to yeah. talk and to talk about it and discuss it. And, you know, if you wanted to pick apart this and that and like really get into like the implications of oh my god, but if you, Darth Vader is if, Luke's father, what does that mean? If you and wanted, to get into that discussion, you couldn't just jump on fifty million forums and do that. You had no, to go find other wanted, people that wanted to talk about it. You had to that. find other people and but if you, even then if you wanted any other information just yourself, if you wanted to, to find anything else about it, you had to go phys- to physical stores to buy a things, magazine or a buy book a magazine. Or like I said, find the address to the fan club and get your parents to write the check or the money order or whatever and physically mail it to them and wait and sit there and eight to 12 weeks for so long (laughs) waiting eight to 12 weeks there's a technology bit (laughs) please wait please allow eight to 12 weeks for delivery Uh of anything you ordered from from anything you mail ordered eight to 12 weeks I and they were kidding. It took long. eight, no. eight weeks, ten weeks yeah. to get your, you know, eleven video or eleven uh, audio cassettes for a penny from Columbia House. <laughs> it took you two and a half months. I, you know, the the year before when I was nine and it was Ghostbusters. That was the one that I really went nuts with. I joined the fan club and like did, found all the stuff that I could and all the magazines and everything. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that movie came out in June. It was probably around the Fourth of July. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, I got all summer. I got all summer to be all ghostbustered up. And then I had to wait the rest of the summer to get the stuff. Right. And I was like, I was lucky anything came in time for me to, you know, be able to figure out my homemade Halloween costume that was nowhere as near as good as the ones, uh, that all four of those kids put together in stranger things <laughs> in a smaller town. Not, not realistic, but anyway, I digress. Hey Jim, uh, so I mean, you've, you, you, this was your idea, right? So you've got to have more. What else you got? I do. I'll, well, the biggest thing I was going to mention, and it goes oh, exactly. Oh, you know what, back Jim? What, Jim, hold on, Jim. What? You know what? Oh, what? I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah Mike. What, what do you got to say over there? I'm going to make Mike be the bad guy. I, I, I'm afraid we've run out of time for this episode. What? What? No, I had things to say. No, no, <laughs> we're done. We're done. Sorry, Jim. We don't. We don't get to finish You're... the topic. Sorry. What? No, but I had stuff. Yeah. Shut up. Thanks for being here. <laughs> What? Thanks, Jim. Mike, where can they find us? 
They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And you can go to uh, nerdburgergames.com to look at game stuff that I'm doing. And you can go over to drivethroughrpg.com to purchase murders and acquisitions and also capers. On the next episode of Nerdburger, listen to the exciting conclusion of the discussion with Jim about nostalgic things that he has to explain to his 10-year-old son. Wait, we're going to let him continue? Yeah, why not? Because we're nice people. Yay! <laughs> we got nothing else to do. Not because we're nice people. Because <laughs> Capers is fulfilled. I got, I got time on my hands suddenly, a little bit anyway. But Don't hang up, Jim. <laughs> Okay, and now I have to um, let you button down. Yeah, save that to, up and yeah, switch. Jim the, will uh, give give Mike a couple minutes. I have to switch the digital tapes, the digital versions <laughs> of the tape. <laughs>